Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Lee Hardman, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG. It's Friday 15th December 2023 and joining Lee to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Reza Nasehi, Vice President of the Japanese Client Sales Group for EMEA in London. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi Lee, and a warm welcome from London to our esteemed listeners. Lee, this week has been a big week for central banks. On Wednesday evening, we saw the FOMC hold rates steady as expected while signaling to the market that rate cutting will begin in earnest next year. Expected pushback against near-term rate cuts was notably absent, while dot plots were more dovish than September. This dovish tone saw a broad-based dollar sell-off and treasuries and equities rally. In fact, the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield raised the summer's gains to fall below the key 4% level, and the dollar index hit four-month lows. In contrast, there was no dovish consensus with the ECB and Bank of England, who were more hawkish in their central bank meetings on Thursday. The ECB's rate hike cycle was over, but wary over endorsing market expectations for earlier and deeper cuts next year. And we saw the euro lifted by increased likelihood of the Fed cutting before the ECB, albeit mindful that weak eurozone data could cast doubt on the sustainability of the ECB's current policy stance. The Bank of England left policy rate on hold for the third consecutive meeting with a statement indicative of maintaining key guidance from November that rates will be higher for longer and that inflation risk bias remains to the upside. This hawkish tone has certainly benefited Sterling. And in contrast to the ECB and the Bank of England, the Swiss National Bank in its monetary policy meeting on Thursday was in a position to be much clearer in its communication on inflation as evidence in the updated forecast. Clearly a lot happening, Lee. What are the main takeaways and implications for the FX market? Yeah, hi, Reza. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of the main implications for the FX market, like you say, initially, the dollar has taken uh, a, a hard hit to the downside um, after the Fed signaled very clearly that they've started to think about possibility of, of cutting rates next year, which I think for the market is a surprise that they started to talk about that so soon. So it does appear to kind of open up the possibility that the Fed could start to cut rates in the first quarter of next year, which obviously is ahead of what people are thinking for other major central banks in terms of the timing of, of the first rate cut. So it looks at this point in time that the Fed could be the one which kind of leads the way in terms of cutting rates next year. So understandably, that has triggered a further bout of, of, of dollar selling, um, which then obviously was reinforced, like you said, after we had the policy updates from the European central banks, the ECB and the Bank of England, both of those um, were reluctant at this stage to talk about cutting rates. Obviously, they're, they're kind of lagging behind the Fed and they still want to see more evidence that core inflation, services inflation in Europe is coming down uh, more quickly going forward before they, they feel they're in a position to start talking about cutting rates. So it kind of leaves us in the market thinking that the ECB more likely to, to cut rates in Q2 of next year and potentially uh, the Bank of England as well, more around the kind of middle of, of next year. So like I say, with the with the Fed likely to cut potentially before the ECB and Bank of England does potentially open up some window for, for dollar selling as we go into year end. Um, although what we've been kind of highlighting is that 
we still think fundamentally it is a difficult environment to see a kind of more bigger kind of sustained dollar sell-off at this point in time. Obviously, we also have to take into consideration the uh, weak external global growth outlook, which remains supportive um, for the dollar. And as we've seen this week, recession risks in Europe remain um, heightened. Um, and it's our view that we think by early next year that we could see a similar bigger kind of dovish policy shift from the ECB as well as they move more quickly to start cutting rates. Because just think fundamentally in Europe, it's difficult to justify keeping rates at such restrictive levels that we see right now when you have effectively no growth. And at the same time, more and more evidence coming through that inflation is falling more quickly as well back towards the ECB's target. So the the, 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 the case is building for them to capitulate um, early next year and, and to slash rates. So really this, if anything, could just be a short-term period of, of, of dollar weakness um, where we could see the dollar bounce back in, in Q1 of, of next year. Uh, beyond there, obviously, with financial conditions continuing to loosen because of the expectations for policy easing from central banks next year, this is creating a more supportive environment for uh, risk-taking amongst investors. So the kind of G10 currencies, which are benefiting the most from this improvement in risk sentiment is obviously the uh, commodity-related currencies and also uh, the Scandi currencies. So those are the ones where we could continue to see them outperform heading into early next year. Lee, I'm mindful we are entering the last week before Christmas holidays. You know, as things start to wind down somewhat and liquidity that much more scarce as we head towards Christmas, what are the key events to kind of watch out for? Yeah, I think next week, obviously, is the last uh, major central bank policy meeting. We have the BOJ um, up uh, in terms of setting their policy uh meeting next week and um, on that side of things obviously going into that meeting uh, we did see earlier this week um, reports on bloomberg from sources at the boj suggesting that they are not yet confident enough in the inflation outlook to consider uh, raising rates as soon as next week so clearly they wanted to kind of push back and to dampen speculation over an imminent rate hike as, as soon as next week so I think we have to clearly take that into to consideration. That's obviously kind of serious pushback from the BOJ. So to us, it, it makes it more more un, more likely now that the BOJ will, will leave policy settings uh, unchanged next week. For us, though, it could still be an interesting meeting. Um, our colleagues over in Tokyo are still of the view that the BOJ is likely to raise rates in the January of next year. Um, bring an end to their negative rate policy. So if we look at recent comments from Governor Oweda uh, before Parliament, he did indicate that for that kind of shift to take place, he wants to give uh, or prepare markets for that adjustment in advance. So next week could be the perfect opportunity for them, for him in the press conference to indicate um, that they are moving in that direction. Uh, whether that's through signaling that they're getting more confident over the outlook for stronger wage growth next year. Um, that's certainly one potential uh, indication that, that they could provide. And we do think if he if he does give that kind of indication and kind of lay the groundwork for an exit from negative rates uh, next week, then that obviously could provide a trigger for the yen to rebound further as we head into year end. We've already seen quite a strong rebound so far this month for the yen. But like I say, that's been 
mainly about what's happening outside of Japan rather than BOJ expectations. Uh, like I say, with major central banks outside of Japan expected to cut rates earlier and deeper next year, uh, that is helping to narrow policy divergence between the BOJ and other major central banks. And to us, that's still a key driver and one of the main reasons why we, we see room for the yen to uh, outperform next year. Many thanks as always, Lee. Wish our listeners a great week ahead. And if I may, I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.